Hello and welcome to Working Historians, a podcast series where we discuss what historians do with their lives. I am Rob Denning, Associate Dean for Liberal Arts for Southern New Hampshire University's online history programs. Today I am rebroadcasting another episode of the Passion and Practicality podcast feed. In this one, Kelly Cook, a career advisor at SNHU, spoke with Buster Ratliff, the Director of Operations for the Cultural Foundation of Texas and the Panhandle Plains Historical Museum. In this interview, Kelly and Buster discuss the value of building your network and understanding company values when looking for a career in the museum field. This episode was originally broadcast on the Passion and Practicality podcast feed on December 9th, 2022. Everyone, it's Kelly again with SNHU Career Services. Thanks for listening to our Liberal Arts Series podcast. Today, we have our featured guest, Buster Ratliff, Director of Operations with the Cultural Foundation of the Texas Panhandle and Panhandle Plains Historical Museum. Today's topic is informational interviewing, company research, and different career paths one can explore with a history degree. Thank you for joining us, Buster. It's such a pleasure having you with us today. Could you just introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about the Cultural Foundation of the Texas Panhandle and Panhandle Plains Historical Museum? Sure. Yeah, uh, I appreciate you having me on here. Um, my name is Buster Ratliff. As you said, I am the director of operations uh, for the Cultural Foundation of the Texas Panhandle. And um, this was a new, I had previously worked just for the Panhandle Plains Historical Museum. Uh, I've been associated with the museum for 19 years now. Um, and the Cultural Foundation is something that started uh, just a little over a year ago. And we had um, within our our area there is the the Texas Outdoor Musical uh, and the Panhandle Plains Historical Museum and in Canyon Texas which we are a suburb of Amarillo. Um, so the Panhandle of Texas are two of the largest cultural entities, and uh, both their directors retired at the same time. The uh, president of the university, Dr. Walter Windler, uh, president of West Texas A and M University. Um, the museum has always had an association with the the university. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the, the musical is a lot of students have been in the, the musical in the summer um, and just some different faculty have been involved and, and kind of do both. And so he uh, just really kind of had this idea of what if we just made this like cultural conglomerate that really just kind of focuses uh the cultural heritage of the region and let's combine the museum and the Texas outdoor musical and have the university's backing behind it. And so it just really kind of became this, um, brainchild of, of him. Yeah. And so, um, there are, um, entities are ran completely separate, which makes, you know, the day job interesting because it, <laughs> I could be doing things for, you know, a musical and I could be doing things for the museum. And, um, yeah. there are, four of us that are kind of that are on the leadership team mm-hmm. that have the duties for the museum and the musical and um and then really i mean there's some staff that cross over but i mean it's really kind of the separate things and it's been interesting uh just kind of process and we're still i think the fun thing about it is we get to kind of on a daily just really define it and mm-hmm. i don't know that we've really found that definition and us telling you know the talking to our director and our director of finance. And I was like, yeah, the first question is about, you know, kind of t- talk about the, you know, CFPP. And they were like, ha that's funny. Um, 
And I was like, yeah, right. Like, I mean, you, you just don't know what it is, but um, we are kind of seeing the benefits of it. And I think it is kind of fun to just really promote the heritage in there. And as far as the museum itself, I mean, uh, Panhandle Plains Historical Museum is the largest and oldest history museum in Texas. And I think for, you know, I mean, up in the Panhandle, you know, people think, well, that would be in Dallas or Austin or San Antonio, Houston, whatever. And, you know, the fact that it's here is that. And it's um, just a, a fascinating museum. I mean, I sound like a homer, but, um, you know, I like the – it has a little bit of everything. So, I mean, it has a, a history. It has art. It has – textiles it has paleontology it has ethnology it has um i mean really just kind of covers the gambit um and we have uh right around uh three million artifacts and so i think that is just a fascinating uh amount of things and i think it's just uh the stories we get to tell are just incredible and it's yeah. just a rich cultural uh, region and so i think the you know the, the cultural foundation i think putting all of these things together and having the university and the museum and the musical together is well, none of the parts seem to fit together and work really well. And I think it, it's fun. That's awesome. That's, That's a really, really long answer. I'm sorry. No, no, I, I appreciate that information. I I didn't know about the musical part. So oh, yeah, it, no, That's no cool. musical back. I mean, and that's, what's funny is none of us on the leadership have any sort of musical theater background and so you know we kind of approach it more business-wise and everything but um yeah it, it's it's an interesting you know thing and there's you know the job was always i loved it because it was something different every day anyway yeah but now with the musical it truly is something different every day i mean there's <laughs> you know there's things i didn't think i would have to be doing that i'm like i don't even know what i'm doing right now so <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome, though. And I, and it's so interesting to hear all the variety of components that you wouldn't think go together and no, yeah, seem it, to mesh so well. Yeah. Yeah. No. It, yeah. It really is. And I think it, it's you know the university is such a resource and the museum has such a rich history and the musical has such a rich history. So I mean, it, it yeah. like I said, it it doesn't on the surface makes no sense. Um, yeah. maybe sometimes in application, it makes no sense, but I mean, it works. I mean, it, it really does. I think that's the, yeah. I think in the day to day, it's really good. And I think that, you know, the benefits are paying off and, yeah. you know, just really, I mean, ever all three orgs have their own strengths and I yeah. think it's, that's where the partnership, I mean, really pays off. And, yeah, um, absolutely. I know kudos to Dr. Windler on that. I mean, nobody really saw it, but him. And, and I mean, yeah. he's. Uh, you know, I mean, that's the, we're all very thankful for, for him and his vision. It's fantastic. And I didn't know your association with the university either. So that's really, that's really interesting oh, to hear yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for that. Um, so our first little set of questions here, um, just kind of related to history opportunities. So my first question, what types of roles do you see history students in and how can they grow from those opportunities? Um, I think they can be, you know, I mean, it's really interesting for us um, because I think everybody thinks history and they think traditional, they're going to teach, they're going to teach in high school, they're going to teach in college, right? Um, they're going to research, you know, that Gotta love the History Channel. I mean, all those kinds of things that you know people think with uh, yeah. with the history major. But our um, 
you know, me as COO and our CFO are both history majors. And I, I, I'm like, I don't know how, you know, she and I laugh at like, I don't know how we went from history majors to dealing with numbers and money, but <laughs> you know, that's the, but I, I do think those skill sets are, <clears throat> I think that's where, I mean, the role is, I think a history major can do about anything. Uh, and again, that's a Homer answer, uh, but um, I think it's just a skill set you learn as a history major. So, I mean, being able to, you know, research and uh, go into something with an open mind. And I think, you know, uh, and being able to find that that common thread and in, in whether you're writing a research paper, studying a topic or, you know, and that's kind of those like weird traits that you learn that I find, it, you know, in my job, especially in project building and things like that is finding that that commonality, you know, and that one little strand that it was like, Oh my God, this is like when I was writing a paper again, but it's like, you find that strand and, um, you know, here overseeing, you know, I mean, part of my job is I oversee our exhibitions and collections and curators and like building exhibits. And so for me, it's like an exhibit is just a giant research paper. And, um, so I, I think those skill sets are there. Um, you know, and for us, I mean, at the museum, I mean, we have history majors and everything. So, um, we employ one of the largest student employers on campus. And so, um, and we get a lot of, a lot of history majors that are doing that. So, I mean, they may be working in our exhibits department doing carpentry work and they may be, you know, um, at our front desk or in our store or helping out with the curators or exhibitions. And so I, I think it's the, I think the roles are unlimited. I think it's, you know, the application of skill set is more so where that goes more than, um, yeah. uh, you know, actually the traditional. And I look at it completely different because I'm a non I mean, I went into a non I'm in a museum, so that makes sense with a history degree. But yeah. my role in the museum is not, you know, I'm not doing like research on a historical topic or, right. I mean, I right. do, but I mean, it's not. You know, um, and definitely, you know, like our, our CFO, I mean, doing our finances and books and accounting and all that. Yeah. I mean, it's. But I do think it's that, that ability to just kind of, you know, uh, dig into the details. And I think that's where history majors are really good is yeah. um, thriving in the details. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I really I really appreciated that comparison of, you know, putting together exhibits to a research paper. Oh, yeah. I think I think it's so important to remember that, you know, w what we're doing in these foundations of our education can really sure. be seen and applied in different ways. Um, yeah, so that's that's really interesting to hear to hear all of these different opportunities in that space. Um, so let's say if a student has no experience, mm -hmm. where should they start to get some of this experience in the field? and Maybe what are some of the skills you think are most noteworthy for them to have? Um, I think just, I mean, find something that interests you and, yeah. you know, approach it from that direction. Um, I ended up in museums because I always loved museums. I mean, that was the yeah. family vacations. That's where we always were. Yeah. Um, it didn't matter whether we were on, you know, in some small town or we were on, a, you know, a major vacation. It We stopped at almost, I mean, there was always a museum trip in that. And, and I just kind of. Yeah appreciated that so um mine was you know it i started here as an undergraduate uh and you know saw a job open in uh uh at the museum and so it was just like okay i don't 
that sounds interesting. So let's do it. And even if it's not, and I think that's the, one of the th things I think it is beneficial and I think helped me and I think it help others is even if it's not something you think you want to do, but it's, it was a way into the museum and I wanted to see it. And, it, you know, I mean, it, I, I think that's kind of an interesting is don't always look for like that straight linear path. And I think that yeah. is, you know, um, everybody likes to, you know, I'm going to do this and I'm going to get this degree. I'm going to take these classes. I'm going to intern here and I'm going to do this. And I'm going to do that. And then I'm going to get that job. And that's just not the way it works. I mean, it, right. you know, and, and it's, I completely, and I say that having completely fell in the job. I mean, I left, um, yeah. went to graduate school at the university of North Texas and I was in Denton and the museum called back and they said, Hey, you know, we started this operations position. Would you be interested? And I was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. That'll be a great job to, figure out what I want, you know, to get where I want to be in life. Sure. And yeah. I've never left. And that's just kind of that weird. But I think really, I think skill set is just that being able to find the details and um, just really, I think kind of getting out of that traditional box a little bit, I think helps because I think building up, I think as much life experience as you can get and as much skill sets as you can get and as much at finding ways you can apply what you can do to something that is not a traditional aspect of what you think that is. Yeah. I think pays more, you know, benefits than, um, than it. And, and it's just, the, I mean, I go back to, you know, even, you know, when you're talking about comparing like a exhibition is like a research paper I do that like on projects, I mean, that I oversee too. I mean, I kind of lay out those projects the way I'd outline, you know, kind of, uh, you know, the research paper that like, this is my initial thought. This is where I want to go. This is the research I need to do. And I think those kind of skill sets can go across genres of jobs that you don't necessarily think about. Mm -hmm. And it's, um, so I, I think just, I mean, find something you like and go for it. I mean, and that's, even if you're interested in it and it's not what you want to do for your career, but you're like, hey man, that, that sounds interesting. I think that's what you do. I think that's how you build up that skill set. And I think the variety uh, is key. I think that's, yeah. um, and I think that pays dividends down the road. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Absolutely. Taking, taking the opportunities where they are and you're right, even if it's not, career end game is still an opportunity that builds that variety of skill set sure. that is so valuable. Absolutely. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Um, so would you recommend that candidates applying to internships and full-time positions have a portfolio or social media related to their history experience? Um, I think it helps. I mean, I, I think it, you know, internships anymore are almost turning into job interviews and yeah. And um, so I think being able to, even in a cover letter, like if it's not, your resume doesn't show what you want, being yeah. able to write that out in a cover letter and say, hey, here's what you have, here's it. And I think researching what that job is, uh, you know, whether the internship or that full-time job. And I think, as, you know, as somebody that hires people, that's also very helpful when I know that somebody has done just as much research on us as an institution yes. as we have on them as a person. 
And on the social media side, I think it helps. And I, I mean, I, I do think I can't, you know, say this enough. I mean, your social media is going to get looked at. I mean, that's the first place. Yes. You know, that is the first place we look. And I think you've got to be very um, mindful of what you put on there. And I think, you know, that's the, you know, we're all learning that. I mean, and that's the, you know, um, and so I, I think the social media is, important because i mean it's an easy resource for people to get to know you um yeah and kind of see you know how you are but i mean you also then have to if you're going to do that be very mindful of what you're putting up yes because they do get to see you and i mean and i think that's the um and i think we live in a very interesting time that you know i mean even if it was something five years ago then i mean you're still held accountable and and, you know in most cases rightfully so and and, i mean I, i think that's fine um but I think you, you've got to um, – that is a record of who you are, and I think, you know, it's um, – which is another, you know, interesting component to me on the study of people and social media, I think, will be yeah, yeah. arcade drawings, you know, and that's that, you know. Um, but I do think having some sort of uh, – you know, I mean, I do think having some sort of portfolio is there because, I mean, I think people need to know what you know, and, and that's the – and especially as you're building your, your resume, it's not always going to show off what you, that job. Right. But I think that's where, you know, a cover letter comes in and researching what that company is and what the job is. And this is what you're looking for. This is what I do. This is what I have experience in, I think is vastly important. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, and you're so right. The social media presence, it's, if you have a social media presence, it's, it's a part of your existence um, yes. and companies are going to look at that. Um, and, and there's, there's a ton of value in what you put out there. If you're being smart about what you put out there. Um, I mean, even just having a LinkedIn presence and seeing things that you're like, this is really interesting. I'd like to repost this and, you know, add a little bit of oh, a yeah. comment to it. Sure. Um, just showing your knowledge in that space too. There's just, there's a lot of value. Um, if we, if we take the time to use what's, what's at our fingertips. So. Oh yeah. yeah. And, it, and it's easy to do. I mean, that's the, yeah. um, I mean, between, um, especially on something like LinkedIn or Facebook, I mean, there's, there's mm-hmm. enough, Entities that have a presence on both that even just showing that you're following them or that you're liking or caught, I mean, on something like that, I I think it is good just because it shows you're, you know, you're paying attention. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Just some of those small things are for sure speaking really loudly at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So just kind of diving into um, our next question. Do you find that academic projects from college contribute to a student's overall experience and potential for landing interviews? Um, well, yes and no. I mean, I, I don't, yeah. I think it kind of depends on the project. And I think that's where um, you're kind of at the mercy of your professor um, yeah. a little bit uh, on for that sure. is what they have. Uh, I mean, I had um, professors that were very much forward thinking these are what your projects are and this is what you're going to do. And I had professors that are like, this is what I need. I don't really care about what, you know, right. so I think it really kind of depends and, and how you apply it. And I think that's the, I think their value in, in actually doing it, whether it pays off in your career or not, 
just being able to do the project and start and finish and plan out and um, I, I think is, is a vastly underutilized skill and, yeah. you know, seeing things through because there's, I, I, there's inevitably going to be something that goes wrong. And I think that is, you know, being able to adapt and, and adjust Absolutely. your plan through that. So I think that is where the benefit is. Mm-hmm. Um, the topic I don't think really matters because I, I think it, again, I mean, you're at the mercy of the professor. So sure. I mean, I had, you know, an undergraduate and graduate school had, I mean, there are projects that, I mean, I can apply today and there's some, I'm like, I, it was far great, you know, and that's all it was. And I got nothing right. out of it, but yeah. I do think that very much that, okay, this is what the project is. These are the steps I've got to take that organization coming out, that planning. And then the, just that uh, ability to uh, adjust, I think is, is vastly important because yeah. The longer you go in a career and the longer you go in life, you figure out things never go out the way you plan. And mm-hmm. I mean, even now, if I have something that with what I started is the way I ended and all the steps went there, I'm like, God, I did something wrong because it went too right. You know, I mean, that's the, <laughs> yeah. so that, that was, that was too easy. So I, I missed something. So I, I think that's the, the key on those is just that experience of um, thought and planning and adapting and just seeing something through, you know, cause it, and, and when you're going to hit a brick wall on something, I mean, and I think that's yeah. the, and there's going to be something that you want, that you need, that you got to have, and you're not going to be able to find it and get to it. And I think that is going to always be, uh, so I think that's where their benefit are. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's definitely a space where you want to show some kind of type of skill, that sure. also relates to whatever it is that you're applying to. I, you you want to make 100%. sure that that there is you know something to it more than just well I did this project here you go. Um, exactly. Completely agree. Completely agree. Well, this is great information so far. Um, I, I'm gonna take kind of a kind of a switch in topic here. Okay. Um, and ask you some questions that are related okay. a little bit more to inter- informational interviewing and company okay. research that you've already kind of touched on a little bit. Sure. Um. So can you tell us what the benefit of a student conducting an informational interview would be like in the history field? Um, I think the benefit of it is, is usually, I mean, especially, um, is just getting to, I mean, know somebody that's been through it a little bit and I don't, um, I mean, anybody's going to be willing to kind of talk about their career. And I think that, you know, that's been in it for a little bit. And I, and I think most are always uh, willing to, you know, answer whatever questions you have. And I think it, it's always a good. Um, so I think the benefit is there because you're just going to know. I think what you have to be careful of is that person is answering through their lens and it's not always the way it is. And I think that is. Yeah. Um, I'm very much on a, uh, there's always these debates, you know, and I'm sure that's in other fields. I just see it in museums. And is that is like the mentor, a formal mentorship versus an informal mentorship. And I think, you know, you've got to be very careful of that. And I think also on the informational thing, because if that mentor is jaded on something or is closed off on a topic or anything like that, that is going to affect who they're with. Yeah. Who they're mentoring. And I think, in my career, like informal mentors have done way more for me than actual formal mentors and just watching and listening. And so I think that is the the benefit, I think, of an informational interview is there. 
because I mean, it's good, but I think you also have to go into it knowing that person has an agenda and they're going through the lens of their career. And so, I mean, that's the, yeah. um, I, but I do think there, I mean, there are benefits there because they're going to, if you find that good one, you're going to, I mean, it, it's even better, but yeah. I mean, you're always going to get something out of it. And I think that is going into it with, that kind of goes back to the, you know, maybe it's not necessarily a job you want for your career or a project you want, but always find that something that you can learn out of that. And I think it's just being able to know that everybody has a bias. So, I mean, they're going to go in to their interview and answer questions based off their bias and not yeah. um, necessarily the, the way things are. But right. I think you've got to, um, but I do think there are benefits to that. Yeah. And I don't know if I even answered that question. No, no, that's, that's really great. You know, especially thinking about, you know, the difference between formal and informal mentors. I mean, you know, that's, that's something that I had never even really considered myself and, and how everyone, everyone has a different perspective because they're living their life based on their personal experiences. And that we, we have to remember that when we are, you know, taking on, you know, some type of mentorship and, and learning more about that individual and their personal experiences. So it's, it's a good idea to interview a lot of different people in a lot of different types of spaces. Yeah, yeah, definitely get the perspective of of multiple people for sure, for sure. Um, So kind of speaking into, you know, the, the informational interview process, what types of questions would you suggest that students ask in that informational interview? Um, you know, I, I think, you know, how have you utilized your degree? I think is always a good one. Um, yeah. Because I think that's, people utilize them in different ways. And I think that's always a fascinating, to me, that's always fascinating. I, I still find that interesting. Um, you know, I think as far as, you know, just history itself, I'm always curious why history, you know, I mean, that's the, you know, what, what brought you there? And I think that's always a fun question because I think most, anybody in any major, I think has that moment where they're like, this is the path for me and this is the way, what degree I want to get. And I don't know if that, um, um, so I, I think, you know, why, what was that moment, you know, that made you want to do that degree? Um, I always enjoy asking, you know, like if you had to go back and do it again, would you do it again? You know, or would you go a different route? I mean, I I think that's a a different, um, I think you get very interesting questions on it and, you know, that's the, um, you know, cause I think everybody kind of plays that what if, you know, what if Mm -hmm. had I taken that class and not that class or what I had chosen that minor and not that minor, um, or, you know how did you end up on that, you know, that, that degree path and then that within that path, you know, what's your track. And so, um, I think those are the questions I like the others. I mean, I I think you just go into it with what you want to get out of the interview. I think that's the other, you know, I think there's never like a set magical formula of questions. Um, I think you have to go in and and know this is what I want to get out of the interview and what questions I have to ask to get to that. Uh, to get to where what I want, and I mean, and again, that bias is going to play into that a little bit, but um, and I think being able to, uh, you know, again, I think that's where adapting comes into it. Is they're going to an- answer a question in some way, and you need to be able to like break away from what you want to ask and go down a path because they're going to take you there. And so, 
I think that is the, so I think more than a set question, I think it's more just being a little open in the, in the interview to be, to go to a different route other than what you think you need to ask. Right. Um, and I think that's where, you know, listening, uh, uh, skills come in really well is, I mean, make sure you're listening to the answer and not just trying to check off that, like, Oh, okay. Ask this question. I'm going to ask this question. I'll ask and right. not getting ready for that next question. Get, I mean, actually listen to what they're saying. And yeah. I think that's where the value is. Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, when you, when you listen to those responses, sometimes it, builds on another question that you didn't realize that you had until that moment. Um, And, and you're right, you know, you can certainly prepare beforehand, but, you know, being able to kind of adapt and, and flex in the moment. um, I think you've mentioned some really great things, especially in terms of a break in the ice when, when you're having those conversations and and trying to get to know that individual a little bit better. Um, Cause you can certainly, connect in those ways too um especially when you know you're finding out like why did you choose this path what what was it about this that just made you go i want to go in this direction um so yeah that's that's definitely definitely excellent information um so diving a little bit more into the next question what is your opinion on the value of networking in the history field and what are the best ways to network um I, I can, I'm just going to go from a museum side of it. And again, this is going to be sure. very non-traditional, but yeah, I mean, I think networking and anything you do, networking is key. And that's the, it's, there is so much in life that is truly who, you know, not what you know. And I think that is, um, and I don't know the answer, but I know somebody that has the answer. Or I don't have that skill set, but I know somebody that has that skill set. Or I don't know what I'm doing, but I know somebody that can do that. And I think that's where networking comes in. And I think that's the, I'm very much in the, the form that people can, that conferences are always going to be big. And I think they have their place. And I think you're always going to, again, if you go in, you're going to find something that you want. But I think, you know, especially for me in my career, Yes, I've learned stuff at conferences. Yes, I found them beneficial. Yes, the break, you know, sessions are great. Keynote speakers are great. Blah, 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 blah. But that getting to know other people in your field and, and that's there. And I think it, it being able to figure out that whether you're at a, you know, for me personally, like, you know, especially like in a, you know, like the Texas Museum Association Museums, you get, you know, that, um, you know, that whether you're in Dallas or you're in Houston or you're in Abilene or you're in Texas or you're in Canyon, Texas, yeah. you're dealing with the same issues. And I think that that is a little comfort. And I think then, as, you know, for me, as I've broadened out and you have uh, like the Mountain Plains Museum Association, Western Museum Association, the nationally with like the American Alliance Museums, it's like those, the people in Boston are dealing with the same things in their museums that you're dealing with in your museums. And the yeah. people in California have the same issues that you have. And so I think being able to just network and have those resources to go to, I, I think are, are extremely valuable on, I mean, that was then it goes back to, you know, when the first idea of the cultural foundation was presented to us. And I was like, that makes no sense. And I just remember like, calling up a bunch of people in the field all over like where have you seen this thing like this how do i mean we have been tasked with 
making this work? How does it work? And who do I talk to? And so having those resources that you can just reach out and shoot an email or pick up a phone or, and I think that's where social media really comes in really well too, is because it broadens your, it's, it broadens your uh, reach because you can join Facebook groups or LinkedIn groups or see what somebody's putting up on their stories on Instagram or, or, or different yes. things like that. And I mean, I've made connections in the field just because I've commented on somebody's post or mm-hmm. commented on their story. And then it's like, you know, you ran in, get to a conference and you finally meet. And it's like, you've known each other for four years and you've never yes. sat in the same room together. And I think that is where, again, going back to the social media, that's where it can pay off. And I think that is where I think you, um, give a flip um to you know just yeah it shows you care i think that is you know i think that shows that you um you know i I think it just shows that you have that and i like for people that for myself i mean as a leadership team we bounce ideas off each other but i like it when people that work for me come up and say hey i saw this and i want to try to implement that here or Hey, I saw this person here, or I want to reach out to this person. I mean, like, do it. I mean, and that's the, yes. I networking is, I think, key. And I think that is, it, it truly is one of those things I don't think anybody really talks about that probably will play more benefit to what you do than I think even the education. And I hate, I mean, I'm very proud of education. I think education at this point, I work for a university. This is a university podcast and I say all that, but that actual networking, I I think is going to, that pays more dividends than I think almost anything. And I think that again, goes back to that informal, you know, side of things is, I mean, you can, you just never know when, what conversation you're going to have is going to trigger an idea or trigger a process or you get through it and you're like, Oh my God, I know the person. So. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I I could not agree with you more. You know, the thing that, and, and this is a conversation that I definitely have daily, sometimes multiple times a day with students because they feel like the skill that they're lacking the most is networking. And that's always the piece they, they just really haven't targeted yet and, and tried sure. out yet. And no doubt, sure, it's, it's probably one of the more difficult things to do, but oh, it is okay. also one of the most rewarding. I mean, education is fantastic. The thing to remember about a degree is that it's not a golden ticket. It's a competitive advantage. And Yeah, you can have the most amazing resume in the world, but at the end of the day, if you don't know your value, the resume is not going to take you anywhere. And knowing your value goes so far beyond just, I know what I know. It's, it's, who do I know? How do I know Mm -hmm. them? What are the interactions that I've had with these individuals and how have I maintained those relationships over the years? So yeah, you're absolutely right. I could not, could not agree more. And I think one of the great, like one of my favorite things that I like when it all comes together is like somebody has an idea or wants to do that. And it's like being able to, uh, and I'm in a position like in my job, I mean, being able to like put people in the room that need to be in the room together and then be like, okay, you guys figure, you know, you guys are together. I'm out. But it's, I know this person that knows this person that knows that person. You guys need to talk. And I think that's, yeah, it's, it, and networking. I mean, I'm, 
you know, I, I, I'm always considered myself, you know, an introvert and, um, which is weird because I'm very much a public facing job that, sure. yeah. but networking is not always fun and it's not always easy. And yeah. I mean, there is that kind of that awkwardness a little bit. I mean, it, it's networking is almost like dating, you know, I mean, it's yeah. just like, Hey, yeah. you know, so yeah. what do you like? But, you know, I, I think <laughs> yeah. it's the, yeah. I think there is the benefit of it. And I think that's the, I think if you can, you know, it's definitely one of those that you get better as you do more, you do it. And, um, it is that I, I think, and I, and I think being able to network with people that aren't in your circle, I mean, that's the just random, you know, conversations that you can have at, and it can be, I, I mean, you know, like, uh, company Christmas party or that you're just a guest at, or, you know, you get those random, like, Hey, what do you do? I mean, it's just, it, it, you know, it, it, it is a, and I don't think it's even a skill set. I think it's just, it's just doing it. I mean, and I think it's something you learn to do, but I think that is the, there's value in it. And I think that is the, um, yeah, I, I can't, I, I, you know, for here in the museum, I mean, I, I was telling people, I think conferences are great, but the two of the things I push for people that work for me are get out of this museum and go see others and see what others are doing yeah. and go meet other people. I mean, and that's the go talk to the people in your field and go talk to your counterparts and, you know, just pick up the, I mean, and I think that's the, and when you're at, you know, and, and be out in the community and go to what other people in the community are doing and and i think that is you know kind of is just latching onto like you know community christmas i mean community events like christmas it's christmas time we just we just got done talking about a christmas event here at the museum so i'm it's all in my head but i think just any community event they're having i mean like if it, even if it's an opening of a new store or it's a ribbon cutting or it's a you know just a mixer or whatever just getting out and just talking to people i think is good Absolutely. Absolutely. I could not agree more. And it's, you're right. It's not necessarily a skill set, but it's also something that, you know, you're not, yeah. you're not just born with it either. You don't yeah. just wake up one morning and you're just like, man, I am just so good at networking all no. of a sudden. Yeah, it's no, just it's, like everything else. It's something that it's takes time. It does. And it's completely different than working a room. I mean, it's not, mm -hmm. Oh yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, working a room is going around saying, Hey, you know, good to see you here, knowing who people are, all that. Yes. That's not networking. I mean, networking is literally just trying is getting that conversation going. And I think it's, yeah. um, and I think then again, that's where, I mean, listening comes in. I mean, you, you to truly, um, figure out what somebody is saying or hear what they're saying. And, and yeah. you know, like, and it's, like I said, it, it is very odd how it just will, oh my God, I was just talking to somebody last week about that, that, man, let me reach out, you know, so. Yes, yes, absolutely, absolutely. I, I definitely appreciate those comments, Wester. That's, it's such, it's refreshing to hear that from someone in the field, just, just being very realistic about, hey, this is how it works, especially yeah. when I hear on a regular basis, I'm a very introverted person. Um, I hear that a lot. So am I. It doesn't mean it should stop you from getting no, to know no. other people. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so is there any other advice that you feel you can offer for informational interviewing? No, I, I mean, I think what I already kind of said it, is being able to don't be so rigid you know, when you're going in and yeah. being able to 
you know, you may have, I want to ask these 10 questions and you may only get two out. Yeah. Because it went a different direction and that's okay. And I think that is the, uh, so I think just being able to, you know, pivot and yeah, is more important than absolutely any, any other advice I can give on that. Yeah. It's a conversation. That's, that's what that's we have it. to remember. It's a yeah. conversation. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, I'm going to take um, a little bit of a shift here again and yeah. uh, dive into a little bit of company research. So when researching employers, what should students be looking for? Um, a, I mean, I think just kind of, I think it's where social media, can, you know, is great because sure. you can look at what they're doing. Um, you can look at... Um, you know, go to their website and just dig through it. Um, I think, you know, if they put a, a, you know, an about section and a value section, go see if they're living mm-hmm. those values. I mean, by what they put up yeah. and what they're doing and what their, you know, what their programs are. I think looking at, mm-hmm. you know, if you can find a job where, I mean, like how many times are, you know, having to, and I don't think you can necessarily judge that because I mean, you know, there are those entry field positions that are just, revolving doors that you know are going to mm-hmm. go through and you can't judge it like oh they yeah. have people coming in out there so much well i mean that's kind of that position mm-hmm. um i think it is um and i think it's just you know if you can they have a website page and you know that lists their staff i mean going to look at their staff and you know and seeing yeah. what the the staff post and um but i, I think it's also um just, I mean, really, I mean, the company's website is going to be key. And I mean, if there, there's not a lot on the website, then, okay, I mean, depending on what the company is, but I mean, then, you know, that should be kind of a, like, okay, maybe why are, why are, why don't they have something on here? Or yeah. if they're putting up, like, this is who we are, go see if that's really who they are. And I mean, and, yeah. and I think it's okay to, you know, um, and like I said, I mean, just look at who their employees are and if they list them, I mean, then go try to see what they post. I mean, yeah, you know, I mean, and that's the um, and I think just looking at what they do. I mean, what are their programs? What are they putting out there as far on their company pages? And and just I mean, that'll tell you. I mean, you get a tone there. So mm-hmm. for sure. For sure. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. You know, understanding what those values are and then, you know, looking for ways in your research to see, are they really sticking to those core values? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, never really, never really sat down to think about, you know, yes, these are their core values, but are they doing it? That's really right. a, that's really a next stage thing that is important to do too. So mm-hmm. yeah, I appreciate you sharing that. Um and honestly, I, this next question, you've already covered it. Um, just finding out about the company's yeah. culture. I mean, yeah. you've, you've really already covered that and, and, and doing a deeper dive. So yeah, we'll just go well, on to the next question. If yeah. you, unless you have more to say. Yeah. No, I mean, I'll say, but I mean, on my side of it, on the flip side of it, I mean, yeah. we look at that on, um, now is how does that person fit the culture, you know? And it's, yeah. They may have all that skill set that we need and do this great, but how are they going to fit that culture? And I think that is the – so I think it, it there is a little bit of uh, a role reversal, on, on, you know, on my sure. side of it too, you know, in hiring is 
man, that person may have everything I need, but I don't see them fitting in. Yeah. And not that you have to put it in, but it's like, and you want to bring in different personalities and different types and different ideas and thoughts and all of that. Cause that's what makes it good is different, but you also know what direction you're going. And I think that is the, uh, um, and so I, I think on the culture too, is just, I mean, people are going to, like I said, companies are going to put out there what they're doing and they're going to be proud yeah. of it. And that's the, and just, I mean, making sure they're, um, you know, they're putting their money where their mouth is. I mean, and, and that's the other side of it is it's not just, you know, lip service. It's, you know, for us, it's okay. We can talk, you know, I mean, we can talk about that. We want to be inclusive and we want to bring in community members and, all these different cultures that have made this, the Panhandle Plains region, rich in culture, what it is. Sure. But are we doing that with programs and exhibitions? And do we actually bring, I mean, so I think there is, you know, there, the culture is going to show quickly. Yeah. And I think if you're interviewing in a job, I mean, you're going to go there just by the interview. You can, you can find the culture fairly quick. Very much so. Very much so. Couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. Well, with the company research piece, is there any other advice that you can offer about company research? I think you've covered some no, great things. Yeah, I mean, it's the, you know, the their website's always going to be good. And then, you know, what they're putting out on social media. I think, and also, I mean, we have so much information in our, our hands. I mean, type something sure. in and find any sort of yes. articles and news pieces and things like that that are, you know, yeah. everybody's got the good and bad out there. I think you can... And I think any more with things like uh, Yelp and TripAdvisor and yes, Google and yes. everything else, you can find what people are saying about them. I mean, and I think that is, um, and again, that's going to be good. You know, there's always going to be, you're never, no business is going to please everybody and they're always going to have stuff out there. But, yeah. you know, I, I think those that, you know, truly do kind of maintain a pretty high review rate are doing something right. So, I think so. I just think just what other people said. And I think if you find anybody that, you know, has been associated with them, that again, that's where networking comes in. That I mean, yeah. if you know somebody <laughs> that knows somebody, I mean, ask. I mean, just kind of like, what's it like to work there? What's what's that person like? I mean, what's, you know me, could I work for that person? I mean, just any of those things. I mean, I think that is where, you know, tie, I guess tying it all together. That. Yeah. Completely agree. Completely agree. And you're right. All of those things tie together. Like we talk about them as separate things, but at the end of the day, yeah, it creates that big picture um, that that everybody's yeah. trying to achieve. Yeah, oh, for sure. sure. For sure. Um, is there anything else that you'd like to mention that that we haven't talked about? No, I think we've covered it all. I, mean, I appreciate yeah. the time. And uh, I um, I, I, again, just want to say, I mean, I think history majors can do about anything they want to do. And that's, uh, yes. I'm saying that as a history major, so it's very much a Homer pick, but, um, I think it's just, you know, honestly, leave yourself open to new possibilities and don't, and in everything you do try to find, I mean, where that skill set works and it's not, you know, you find your place. And I think that is in anything, everybody wants to be the main person yeah. but sometimes the best roles are not being that person it's you know finding your role and I think finding your place and finding your role and being happy in it is I think that's that's huge and I think that is 
Um, and just finding ways you can apply what you learn and that everything is a learning experience. And I think that is yes. so. Absolutely. I, I could not agree more. Could not agree more. I really appreciate your time today. This no, has thank been you. Thank you. fantastic. Really great information for our students. Um, that's really all the questions I have. Um, well, thank you. It's It's been so helpful. Just so thank you. Thank you so much for being here today. Hey, and you're thank, well. Yeah. Yeah. And thank you to all of our listeners. We hope that this episode has given you some great insight into careers and history. Um, be sure to check out our other episodes from the Passion and Practicality podcast for more great discussions related to liberal arts. And thank you all for joining us today. This episode originally appeared on the Passion and Practicality podcast feed, but today is appearing on the Work in Historians podcast feed, and you can subscribe to either of those on any podcast app, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, Amazon Music, Pandora, or whatever else you prefer. That way you won't miss any episodes, and you'll continue to hear about all the cool stuff that historians do with their lives. This podcast does not represent the views of Southern New Hampshire University. If you have any questions or comments for this or any of our other podcasts, send us a message to workinghistorians at gmail.com. For Callie Cook and Buster Ratliff, I'm Rob Denning. Happy job hunting. <laughs>